You guys ready? Yeah, I want to hear more about Ian's uh, um, <laughs> water. Nice segue. Oh, the watered down drink um, thing that I'm having. Uh, I don't know. I'm just into refreshing drinks with a tiny hint of flavor. So, like those uh, bubbly sodas. Mm-hmm. Um, not the Italian ones. Those ones have like too much flavor, but they are very enjoyable. Um, more of the LaCroix. No, not LaCroix. Cause it's, LaCroix uh, has no flavor to it. <clears throat> I, not that I'm not a big fan of LaCroix. Spindrifts uh, though. If you're it? not on the spindrift train, if, if you guys aren't on the spindrift train, get on that. Train. Never heard of it. It's real fruit and stuff squeezed into the water. Yeah, it's the one, not like a flavoring. Oh, the spindrift. Yeah. Yeah. That shit is. Fire, dude. I get that all, like, every weekend I get, like, two 12-packs. Yeah, tell <laughs> Wait. The party at Kyle's house <laughs> shows up with two 12-packs of sparkling water. <laughs> Bet your ass, boy. I've actually been doing, um, like, uh, just, w- I've been buying a drink at, like, a restaurant or something. I've been, I've been going to Beyond Bread. I'm just turning into an old person, but um, I just don't want I to do, beer. like, Half water, and then I will put um, the other half like Sprite, and then it'll just be watered down Sprite, and I enjoy it. I like it more than just regular Sprite. You are a peculiar man, my friend. No, I think that there's some some logic to this. I've never, sugar. I've never watered down sugar water. I've <sighs> never uh, watered down soda, but I think if anyone goes to a restaurant or something and gets like the Minute Maid lemonade out of those. You know, mm-hmm. I think if anyone gets it pure Minute Maid lemonade, they're a psychopath. <laughs> if you don't cut that lemonade with a little bit of water, like you're doing it wrong. And also, like, how many people have you killed and where did you hide the bodies? Because like, that shit is strong as fuck. Yeah, the Minute Maid lemonade <laughs> punches you in the face and is relentless. Sorry, Brennan, go ahead. Well, no, I, I've worked in restaurants where, like, I've had to replace those, like, Minute Maid type. Uh, you know lemonade packs and even though i even though it still gets concentrated <clears throat> with like water and shit you're right it's it's battery acid it, yeah, it's, it feels so like bad. i'm drinking a saw trap speaking of saw trap we'll get into our weekly wrecks but this is ruminations of red rum the horror podcast of the ruminations radio network thank you for joining us welcome back let's get right into it uh brendan Mr. Fantastic on the show today. Uh, defending us from Dr. Doom, of course. He's back. He always comes back. Stretchy boy. Uh, so you've been watching the Saws, right? Talk to me about it. I have been watching the Saws. There, uh, <clears throat> there's been a lovely discourse between uh, a ton of the new members in our uh, Discord chat. Uh, in our, our dis- Discord group? Discord chat? I sound like a fucking boomer. What's it called, Ian? Of the server. Our Discord, Discord server. server. Uh, there's been a uh, fucking old guy over here. <laughs> Cut me off guard. I... Uh, there's uh, been uh, an influx of very fun, new, really cool people. And uh, we started talking about the trailer for Saw X. And then that has kind of transpired. Spiraled. Spi- ah, God damn it, I missed it. Uh, <laughs> that has spiraled into. Uh, <clears throat> One of our Discord members, uh, I think it was Lazy, uh, who started watching, who watched one of the Saul films and then 
uh, rated it on Letterboxd. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to do that too. So there's been a ton of us rewatching Saw, uh, and it's been really fun to kind of watch it along with people and discuss. So yeah, I've, I'm balls, even though I'm in the middle of a festival right now, I've been taking many breaks to watch Saw films instead. I'm not going to say they're more enjoyable, but you can say it. You could say it. But. And also, with the recent ratings, well, first and foremost, let me back up. I I do want to just say that um, I've been enjoying the Saw conversations that you guys have been having. Even though I uh, don't participate in them, I mm -hmm. still you know look at the Discord from time to time when I see them pop up because I haven't yeah. seen anything past Saw 3. So I have literally no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh, so I might have spoiled some big... Oh, I, I, I don't care. I, okay. I don't care. It's, it's the... the it's been out long enough. Mm -hmm. It's been out long enough, so it's fine. And it's not going to ruin the journey for me if I watch it. But um, I've been enjoying seeing the back and forth between you guys. I, th I think it's fun seeing you guys get all hyped for it. Um, I did watch... Well, I started to watch Saw 3, but I got interrupted with uh, adult stuff, so I had to cut that. But I'm going to watch it today. And yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch them all. I'm going to watch them all, so I'm pretty excited about it. But um, I'm excited gave, for your journey. Thank you, thank you. You gave the few <coughs> recent ones like a four and a half out of five on Letterboxd. Can we talk about the bullshit that you're throwing out there? <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> I've been very, uh, I've been very upfront about this before. Yeah. Uh, Talk to me. You know, the majority of the times when I rate something on Letterboxd, if I'm not trying to go for an analytical point of view and I'm going for just more of in this is uh, an mm -hmm. entertainment factor for me. I base my ratings on entertainment and overall enjoyment. Saul was my franchise growing up. And I think for a lot of people my age, Saul played a big part in kind of defining their love of the genre. So on top of, even though, you know, people say that the storyline for Saul is convoluted. And I can understand because a lot of it does feel retconned. But everything makes perfect sense. Like, you can't say that by the end of Saw 3D, the story that they've laid out between Saw 1 and Saw 7 does not connect because every single thing does connect. I can't weigh in on this, but you know who can? Ian, the ghost of Ian, ghost of Tsushima, the ghost of Mars, the paranormal one, the Phantom Menace, Ian with Dewey. He's reading from a list. I know. I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not. That was purely <laughs> from the, 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 the depths of my brain. But I want to get you in on this conversation. Uh, yep. Welcome to the cast. Uh, Thank you. When Thank do you separate when to rate a movie by pure nostalgia and gut and feeling for and love for a franchise or just for a movie rather than being critical of it? When do you separate that? Like, when does it? How, how do you balance it? When do you choose when to do which one? Uh, so usually the films that I rate like a 9 out of 10 are personal to me. If I think a movie is well-made but not for me, I will give it a 4 out of 5. That's usually like I have I kind of have categories in my ratings. So uh, and then like half of my five stars are like, I really think this is a perfect movie and it's well-made and yeah, I have no complaints or like it's a personal 5 out of 5 for me. So... Um, it's either a nine or a four. That's the discrepancy for me. So how do we know when it's a true five out of five or when it's just your five out of five? That, that's um, that's usually when it's ask. like a criterion movie. 
and I give it a five out of five. Probably not for me, but it's undoubtedly a fantastic film and probably one of the best films ever made. Well, and Ian, kind of going off what you're saying, I think if you kind of know the person well enough, because I also just recently uh, rewatched Lars von Trier's Europa trilogy, and I forgot to log them, so I logged it in between Saw 3D and Saw 4. So those movies that I'm rating a four, I think that that kind of makes more sense where I think if you see a four and a half or a five, because I think I gave the first Saw a five, um, a five rating for that, I think it's safe to assume, but there are also people out there that think the Saw films are uh, film history masterpieces. Um, (laughs) I'd like to meet those people. (laughs) You're meeting one. No kidding. Hey! (laughs) Nice meeting. Okay, cool. Well, Ian, Brennan, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, Kyle, since you also kind of, you know, it was a few years after me, but you kind of grew up almost in that same time frame that I did. What was it about the Saw franchise that didn't grab you? Because they were big theatrical experiences every every October. Oh, for sure. So the more I thought about it, I think I'm just. I contributed this to be a recent thing, but I don't think it is. I think I'm just not into franchises that much. Like, That's fair. Think about all the things that I grew up with and I stopped watching, but I love. Mission Impossible. I only saw the first two. There's three, four, five, six, and I love the first two Mission Impossibles. And I just stopped watching it. Fast and the Furious stopped after Tokyo Drift. Uh, saw uh, no, stopped you, after... Rich Peak, so that's understandable. See, that's what I'm saying. Saw stopped after Saw 3. Um, all these like franchises, I just I, like I get my experiences out of them, and then I move on. Mm. Is I think where I kind of like lay. So it's not like I hate them or I'm like against them being made. I just lose interest, and then I'm like, I, well, I've seen everything I need to see, and I'm gonna go experience something else now. That's fair. And it's but it's not like that in other things. Like I'm on Resident Evil like 56, right? <laughs> I'm on Final Fantasy 16, right? But with movies, it's different for me. I don't know why. Like, I just, I like, they're singular contained experiences. And then after I'm done with them, I'm done with them. Um, but the Saw movies were huge, huge. The first Saw was very important to me, obviously. But we're going to get more into that when we cover Saw, um, which will be shortly. Ian, do you have any recs for us this weekend? Um, I was going to watch my low key favorites out of the Saw films, which was Saw Final Chapter. Um, or Jigsaw, which I know a lot of people hate on Jigsaw, and I can understand that, but I don't know. The traps are really good. It looks really good, and um, the first time I watched it, it was, I thought I, I thought it was dog water, not going to lie, but the second time, I don't know. Everything just clicked, and it was, it was around the time where I was watching all of the Saw films in two days before I went to go see Saw Spiral. Um, so everything just clicked. I, I knew the story and I was like, oh yeah, this does fit in the story. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, shout out to Jigsaw. Underrated. 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 But I watched Talk to Me, uh, directed by the Rock Rocka guys from YouTube. Fantastic film. Uh, please go out and see that. Very well made. Um, it takes the, um, the shitty urban legend 
teen movies that we know and love and makes a well-made film out of them. So, um, yeah, go watch that. Brennan. Brennan. Uh, Ian, did you see that that Talk to Me uh, is the second highest grossing A24 film of all time? Damn, I did not see that. Well, in, in opening weekend numbers. Okay. That's kind of a big deal considering how many bangers A24 has in their mm-hmm. library. And that's super surprising considering it had like no marketing or, whatsoever. Oh, really? Like, I got I every other ad on YouTube, every fucking promoted thing on TikTok, on uh, uh, Twitter. Yeah. Um, I got so many ads for it. Was that after it came out or before? Uh, no, this has been for the past two and a half fucking weeks. <laughs> okay. So like, okay. So around the time it was coming out. Interesting. And maybe I'm I'm just out of the loop on it, Mm -hmm. but there isn't a lot of like known cast members, right? Like super known cast members. Yeah, no, I yeah. And I don't mean that like uh, the it's not a slight. The mom, she's a super big actress. I forgot her name, but she was in Lord of the Rings. Um, Liv Tyler, she's a big like Aussie. Gotcha. Speaking of Lord of the Rings, I watched The Fly, the Jeff Goldblum one. <laughs> Speaking of um, Lord of the Rings. I get your reference if you were trying to reference something, which you probably weren't, but keep oh, going. Okay. Uh, well, the reference I was trying to make was the composer for The Fly is the same composer for Lord mm. of the Rings. Mm. And holy shit, the theme for The Fly gave me absolute chills, dude. When that, that, that movie, I know it's been talked about ad nauseum, probably. For good reason, but that that's a great film. Real quick before we get into Murder House, do you guys Let's talk about the fly? <clears throat> do you feel like that remakes today just can't keep up? Like, th- think about the fly and think about the thing. The remakes are like known for like being the not even for being remakes, but like that's the movie, that's the fly, that's the thing. They don't think about. The thing from another world and stuff. Why? Why are? Why are we making remakes today that just don't stand up to remakes from the past? I think we need an older person on the cast to really discuss that because I I don't know what how the original fly and the original like thing from the other world was how, how it was yeah received back then. So I don't know. I also just kind of think it's it's proximity of time where oh yeah those movies I, like 40 years from each other right I watched really. the 20 yeah I I watched the Cronenberg thing before I even knew or uh the the Cronenberg the fly uh before I even knew that it was a remake of something so I looked at it as its own sole property and then going back and watching the original I'm like well, I don't like this <laughs> Um, so I, I think it's just kind of proximity and your knowledge of of that specific IP, whether you think it's a standalone film or a remake or a reboot or or a requel. I want to keep watching more Sodergren. Um, or not Sodergren. Why do I have Sodergren on my mind? I want to keep... Cronenberg. Uh, wait, how do you say? Cronenberg. Cronenberg, thank you. I want to keep watching more Cronenberg. Shout out Sodergren. I love you. Um, yeah, uh, three movies down. I'm taking my time with them, though. I don't want to watch a back-to-back. I think that would diminish yes. the, uh, the, 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 the build-up, the anticipation to watch each one with me. So I'm going to let them simmer. I Are you going to watch the right them movie. chronologically or just kind no, of whichever? I've, I've already watched them out of chronological order. So 
it's fair game at this point. But I can't wait uh, to hear your thoughts on Rude, Crime Dead Features, and The Fly. So Dead far. Ringers is still my favorite out of the ones I've seen. Yeah. I love that. Over the part. Fly. Over the Fly, yeah. I love Dead Ringers. Um, but today we are talking about a video game in our next I want to play a game episode. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had something in my throat. Today we are covering the 2020 video game Murder House developed by Puppet Combo. Before we get into our thoughts, we're going to get into some. Murder House is a 2020 slasher-inspired video game from publisher and developer Puppet Combo, which might sound familiar from our Bloodwash episode. Uh, Murder House shares the low-poly graphics of the PlayStation era and is influenced by the slasher films that Puppet Combo has become quite famous for. In a game that's been called, quote, a struggle to survive, we get thrust deep into a story of true brotherly love. That's, that's pretty good, right? Uh, uh, the game features tank controls, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, which consists of a set camera making you control your movement of your character respective to the camera angle rather than POV. But you can change that, and I, I think we do need to talk about that when we get to it. Uh, um, with an intriguing story and occasionally frustrating controls, Murder House is a love letter to the films and games we grew up on. Murder House is the first puppet combo game to be released on Steam, as well as the first uh, puppet combo game to get a console release. After its initial release, uh, Murder House would get censored in Asia, as well as being completely banned in Japan uh, due to its brutal and gory uh, murder cutscenes. Uh, there have also been many complaints about the thumbnail art, but Puppet combo refuses to relent and has not changed it yet and they never will uh but how do we feel about it prepare for the easter ripper i couldn't think of a good segue uh with the title to kind of get into the conversation but that's what we got Fear facts. that's interesting about the cover art i actually never knew that and it's not even that graphic really no, not at all not at all. But we'll go ahead and get started with you, Brennan. Where'd you play it? Would you add a physical copy to your collection? Puppet Combo, please make a physical copy for God's sakes. And what'd you think of the game? I played it on PlayStation 5. I bought the game actually exactly a year ago to when I started replaying it for this episode. Uh, I didn't think that I actually beat it when I first played it, but, uh, when I went back, I only had two trophies left or, uh, three trophies left. One was the, uh, getting all the, the missing posters and the notes. The other was making sure that the, that the first character doesn't meet, see the end of the prologue. And then the 25 minute speed run, which is daunting, but I will get it eventually. Uh, yeah, I, <clears throat> I would totally buy a physical copy of this game. I think that, I don't think for me personally, it has a ton of replayability, uh, but I think a physical copy of that would look really cool on a shelf. I do overall enjoy the game. I can't do tank controls. Uh, it makes my nose bleed. So I had to do the the POV and kind of like on the Bloodwash mm -hmm. episode, uh, which I know we'll probably get into it in a little bit. Uh, I couldn't do any of the video filters. I just I couldn't. It was way too much. Um, 
it's a fun game. It's very frustrating for me because I'm not good at games like this. And um, I'll leave it at that for now. Ian. Two E's. Talk to me. Um, I think these type of games are made for the company limited run release. Mm. Um, it would be fantastic on the Switch. I would definitely own this. Um, I will just say right now, uh, do I like this more than Bloodwash? Mm, that's a question I was going to bring up, but let's just get into it. Now. I will not answer that then, right now. <laughs> um, I w- w- what I will say is I like the marketing and the um, overall cover of this more than Bloodwash. I think it's uh, more appealing. Um, the atmosphere, it's 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 a solid game. It is a solid game. I do really like it. I like the killer. I like how the, again, the the chapters are broken up um, in these puppet combo games, the prologue and then the actual like murder house. That was cool. I did keep all the filters on um, and I had no problems with the sensitivity on this go around. Yeah, it's a lot different than Bloodwash. Yeah, no problems. So I think that's... Where I'll stop for now. So I played this game about a year ago, and I came into it um, on Xbox. I own it on Xbox, Steam, and PlayStation. I bought it on all three, and uh, I just really want to support these guys because I think they're doing something that no one else is doing. There's there's a lot of indie horror out there for games, but nothing with like the style and presentation that Puppet Combo does, and um. I just want them to make more games and at the cost of 10 bucks paying 30 bucks to have it on all three platforms is, is something I'm obviously willing to do. But, uh, if they made a physical copy, I would definitely purchase it on the switch as well. Uh, I think it would look amazing on the shelf. Uh, as soon as I played this game, I was obsessed with the music. That's the first thing that drew me to this game. When you're done with the prologue and it starts playing that main theme, uh, it fucking, I was so hooked from that point. I was like, this game is fucking amazing. Um, it's by Clement Patchout. Sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly. And MXXN. Um, they actually have the soundtrack up on like Spotify and YouTube music and stuff. And I listen to it all the time. Uh, so that would be your soundtrack music. I don't think that would be your entrance so song. <laughs> music and soundtracks in movies and games and stuff are like really, really important to me. I think it sets the tone of the entire property. And I think without the music, I would go as far as saying that uh, this game wouldn't be as impactful to me as it was. I think everything down to like the save room music, how they kind of replicate the Resident Evil games and change, make a very like light piano, like calming sound when you go into like the safe areas. to just that intro theme, man. It's just all so, so good. It it gave me Silent Hill vibes with a couple of the soundtracks. Um, or a, a couple of the, the tracks. Um, and yeah, so I'm going on a tangent about the music. But I do really, really enjoy this game. I played it in third person because I'm not a little bitch. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I like how they uh, titled the camera instead of third person in the settings it's dolly because the entire film is is or the entire game is 
you're, you're playing a film being made about the events of mm-hmm. the, the, the East Ripper. So I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy this game and I would absolutely buy a physical copy. Uh, let's get into the prologue. The you start out as <clears throat> Justin waking up in a photo booth in a mall closed down. Um, looks like you were left there. Leading great up, parents. Great. I mean, it was the 80s, dude. There was no good parents in the 80s. So you kind of just survived he, on he your own. He probably went you know to the I mean? mall on his own, honestly. You raised yourself yeah. in the 80s. That was the whole point. Um, but what do you guys think of the prologue uh, leading up to it? Um, we can get into specifics on like um, each individual section, but what do you guys think of the prologue? Um, I will say there's not a whole lot here. Uh, Only to the untrained eye. Sorry, that, that was the Ace <laughs> reference. Uh, go ahead. Uh, it's pretty empty. I wish you could have gone in maybe a couple stores or, um, I don't know, even in the hunt, I didn't feel like I was hunted at all. Um, there was a lot of hiding places and I didn't use any of them. Um, only the bathroom one and in, in the beginning, cause I, you have to use that one. Um, but what I will say is I did really, really like the, uh, intro to the bunny man. That yeah. was amazing. The three camera angles. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic. I've never seen that done only in like a film. Like that's, it was amazing. Yeah, it was very, um, the uh sisters that movie sisters yeah uh, a palma film yeah it's like, like split dude it was so good yeah i agree with that 100 percent um i'll i'll uh shoot back on your point ian because i think that the opening chase is kind of <clears throat> the perfect overture that they could have because Obviously, you know, this is the prologue is when you're learning the controls, you're learning the movements and kind of the the quirks of of uh, uh, the Easter Ripper. Um, But there's less stakes than there is when it comes to the the murder house section of the game. So I think that it kind of sets up perfectly the tone and the style and the fact that if you make one mistake, you're going to be fucked. And you better have saved, because if not, just like me, you just lost an hour's worth of progress because you didn't fucking save. <laughs> yeah, I think the first time I I played the game, it took me like an hour and a half to two hours to beat the game, and then because well, like you want to you want to check every corner, every every single thing. Yeah, and it's building a little bit of the backstory as you're walking through the mall. You're seeing the missing posters of the children. Um, if you can actually make it to the end, uh, you meet Janitor Jack, who's, uh, which goes out to inspect, uh, the Easter Ripper, but, uh, I, I, I really they got Jack Septicai to play him. Yeah. Who, who, who is that? Is that, are, are is that you, somebody? Are you being legit? Yeah. hundred percent. He's, he's like, <clears throat> uh, I would say if there were like the top three white video game creators on youtube it'd be pewdiepie markiplier and jacksepticeye oh okay yeah no dude he's irish and yeah he's 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 that dude yeah top of the morning yeah that guy yeah yeah. Yeah. now i'm kind of curious go ahead and talk for a second um i did not know that was him 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really cool that. Oh he, yeah, I know him. Yeah, I just think it's cool that that either they reached out to him or he reached out to them or something. And because you know people like Markiplier and Jacksepticeye, they play games like this. I'm mean, Markiplier a bit more specifically because he does his uh, weekly three scary games videos, and they're always something like this. Mm. Uh, so I, I appreciate <clears throat> that someone is big. Who had who has such a presence as someone like Jack does that he would, and I, maybe he got paid, maybe he didn't, but it just it's cool that he took the time out of his day to do it. Yeah, and yeah. especially for uh, like a first video mm-hmm. game yeah. release for this company, yeah. it shows that he believed in it too. So mm-hmm. hell yeah, I like in the prologue how it's kind of to Brennan's point, it's kind of introducing the game mechanics, but. I like how simple they kept it with uh, trying to go through and find just a couple different items and how to combine certain things to unlock certain things like the screwdriver and finding the you know the uh, like the keys and stuff. I feel like it was easy enough to not keep you too long, but also rewarding when you figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, did everyone make it to the end of the prologue the first time? Were you the hiding first, under the desk? The first time I did, yeah. This the second time, the time I did it, I got killed for the trophy got you i did not complete it the first time i died i didn't know there was a completion i thought you just died got you um so after the prologue which takes place in 1985 we go ahead and move a few years past it to the greatest year that's ever existed in life um 1988 1988 year i was born the year I came into existence, you guys wouldn't have this podcast right now if I was in 1988. But Ian, you had a question. Um, did you? Did we see Jack die? Did we, did did we see not. Jack? Okay, we okay. did not. Unfortunately, because um, I was always looking for a new kill in this game. Because they, the couple they had, are really really cool. Yeah. But um, no, we did not see him die. But when he just to go off on another tangent, when he creeps in to kind of like scare you at the very end before it shows the title card, yeah. I fucking loved all that, dude. I was sold this entire experience. I fucking love these guys. But I digress. We move over to the game proper um, when we get to Murder House. In 1988, we have Tom the cameraman. We have Dana, the reporter, we have Gary, the manager, I guess you could say, and we have Emma, the intern, which you play as. Um, They all get to the murder house to um, do a expose on the the house that the serial killer lived in um, at the time of all the brutal killings, and then uh, some craziness ensues. Um, What do you guys think of the setup of the characters, your first introduction to the whole uh, cast and crew of those guys? I thought it was funny how the director was like kind of a porn director yeah. in a way. He had those vibes, yeah. And uh, yet they were, they were shooting uh, a story for the news, right? Um, I thought that was pretty funny. I like the cast in this one. Uh, it's small, but um, I did like them. And I like the deaths of them as well. Who was who your favorite cast? Remember from uh, um, Bloodwash again? Bloodwash. It was yeah. the uh, the neighbor in the the prologue mm-hmm. in chapter one. Do any of these characters no. beat him? No. Okay. Okay. If anything, it would be the uh, director. He he had a lot going on, um, yeah. but it just wasn't enough to to beat him out. 
well, what do you think about the introduction and setup of the characters, Hernan? Uh, it's good. <clears throat> I I do think uh, I would have to agree with Ian that it's hard to beat the next door neighbor in in just Blood so wholesome. <clears throat> yeah, just so uh, awesome. but uh, Gary's hysterical uh, in an '80s type of way where he definitely creates a sexually hostile work environment, but it's also like the 80s, so you can't really do anything about it. Um, and I Later on, I want to talk to you guys about a weird thing that I have with 80s movies, because it's just... Anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, the, the characters are good. I, I think Emma is a good uh, uh, conduit for for the player, because uh, she's kind of new to this whole thing. She's asked to... Is this Is this her first time on the job with them i don't know if they i don't think they go into that i think it kind of leads me to believe yeah because yeah because uh when she's asked to help them fake the the ghost video she seems fairly hesitant about it uh but maybe i'm just i'm just reading into that it kind of seems like that was more than she signed up for because not only is it hokey like they're actively lying in a news piece so what do you guys think about the whole murder house in general? Like the, uh, just going the towards the end of the game, well, just like the pacing of it and how you go through the house and how they kind of spread out the items that you get and, uh, the direction that they take you in. Like, what do you think of the overall, the all process of exploring the murder house? So I'm, so the first time I played this game last year, I played it at the the rate where where you said Kyle, where it took you an hour and a half your first time. I was just exploring. Uh, <clears throat> I remembered almost everything about this game, so I was comfortable um, with help from a very vague uh, guide to the thirty five steps or so to like complete the twenty five minute speed run. I absolutely used a guide on the piano part. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Yeah. I used a guide. I was like, I can't, I can't figure this out. So, so uh, when I was playing it back this time, it was for speed. And it kind of impressed me how, how much you had to work if you knew what you were going for. You have to, you know, you're upstairs and now you have to run down to the, uh, to the basement because you have the, uh, the letter opener. And now you get, the um uh what's in the the locked thing is it the the doorknob right yes yeah you find the doorknob you find the like the fuse yeah so then you have to take the doorknob you have to run all the way to the first floor to open the door and that's where the piano room is and then that's where you find the eggs are and then 10 minutes later you get an egg and you're like oh shit that goes so i think that it's it flows together really well if you're playing it from a just enjoyment i'm going to take my time perspective but it's also enjoyable and challenging enough if you're trying to do it under that 25 minute mark yeah it's very they they nailed they nailed the 90s survival horror game flow of like this goes to here and then you get this and this heart key goes to this door now you can unlock this door and this now you can get this item to go it's it's got the perfect flow for those 90s style horror games and the fact that it's it's trying to replicate that in a lot of ways. It's inspired by that in a lot of ways. I think it absolutely nails it. As someone who played all those games, 
in the past, um, it it just it's it hits. It hits. They got it. They got it down perfectly, in my opinion. And I look past the budget. I look past the graphics. I look past everything when I'm playing this game. I get engulfed by the music. I get engulfed by the pace of the game. It's just, it's a fantastic experience. It, I keep gushing about it. We're not talking about me gushing. We're talking about the murder house. Ian, talk to me. Um, yeah, this game got me prepared to play the Resident Evils. I think that's why I jumped in because um, it's the exact same thing. You're just going to get the the key the, to unlock the upstairs door and then blah, 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 and then that. Um, there is, it makes it, even though there's, if you like, once you've completed the game, you realize there wasn't really that much to do. No, there but really isn't. It makes it feel like there was, just because you have to go to a lot of different places and you have to go backtrack and do certain things. Um, so that is a, I, I do like that mechanic of the game. Yeah, when you get the memorization down, it's the same thing with, not to keep making the comparisons, but when you get the memorization down the games are actually very small yeah. um like the resident evil uh remake for example you could beat in like an hour and a half like it's not that big of a game but when you know exactly where to go and where things go it it cuts everything down but when you experience it for the first time it's such a grand daunting experience because you don't know your way around um, i can i can yeah 100 that's how i feel right now being like an hour and a half into Resident Evil One, like I, it, it, the house is way too big, like it, yeah, I, I'm already lost. So I have a favorite kill. We'll get into the kills real quick. Uh, I love the kill of Gary the manager. Um, when you're in the room with the black light and the bunny ripper walks in, slices him, and it switches to the camera perspective of being right behind his back, and you see the scythe go through and cut through his body. I love that. I thought that was so cool. Um, do you guys have a favorite kill? I mean, it's got to be that one. Just to go over a few, you got Dana, the reporter, who gets kind of held up by him and gets like her body hacked and then her head cut off. Um, and then a few you see uh, off camera, you, you don't actually see happen, but is there anything <laughs> better than the manager? It's. Did they do kills back then? Like on the PS1, do they have kills yeah. like that? Like Not that graphic? Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had kills like on camera, but like uh, where it switches the camera angle like yeah. that and stuff. No, like it, it's that's a new thing. Interesting. Well, I mean, I, from what I could remember, like I can't think of any particular instance where they've done stuff like that, which makes it pretty unique. Mm -hmm. I would have to also say that Gary is the best kill but i do like how the reporter uh she gets killed and then you run up to the attic yes mm -hmm. you run up to the attic and then when you come back down her body's rearranged and her head's propped up with an easter egg in her mouth i really like how there's the kill and then the, the rearranging of the body i think that's that's uh fun is that the right <laughs> word <laughs> it's fun <laughs> you um, eventually oh sorry go ahead Neen. The beating the game, um, or w when you're playing it, you do feel a lot of uh, you feel tense the entire time because you don't know when he's gonna pop out. Mm -hmm. But like, I got to a point where he just wasn't coming out. Like, I, I felt no threat whatsoever, and I was just doing my thing. Um, did you guys feel the same way? 
yes, you know, but- my heart was pounding the entire fucking time. <laughs> so I don't know how that works. Like I don't, like I don't know how they made the game to determine when he pops out because the first time I played the game, that motherfucker wouldn't leave me alone. Like I probably got chased by him like seven or eight times. Interesting. But recently, I just played it last night again, and he he only came out once, one time. The whole the whole game. Granted, I was doing a speed run, so do you think? Uh, do you think I didn't give how long you're playing affects how the is? Would that be considered AI? I don't the, know the game AI. Yeah, that that's a good question. Like maybe it's. Uh, he's programmed to come out like in 10 minute intervals or something mm-hmm. like based on your time clock of your game clock. I don't know. But um, yeah, it, I only got chased one time, but the first time I was very like the first couple times I was very like nerve wracked. And then eventually I got, I memorized where the hiding spots were and I became less freaked out about the whole situation. And um it wasn't too bad, but when I first played the game, I did think that it was a one-hit kill. So I did everything in my power to like not get hit by this guy. And then once I got hit and realized I wasn't dead right away, it, it kind of like relieved a little bit of the anxious feeling away from me. I was like, okay, I could take a couple hits from this guy. But um, we eventually make it down into the torture chamber. Uh, yeah, I was gonna. I was hoping you'd bring that up. The torture chamber. So this guy fucked with some fools, dude. Like, oh, I thought you were just literally. gonna say. I thought he was you were just gonna say this guy <laughs> fucked and then move. This guy on. did fuck. <laughs> this guy did fuck in all the wrong ways. Um. So we found like roped up skeletons. Uh. We found the, the uh, one skeleton that's laying on its back and its legs are fucking are chained up. Oh my yeah. god! I hate that I laughed at that. <laughs> so. It's a video game, so it's okay. (laughs) So I'm going to assume those were adults, right? No. Because the skeletons were were larger, right? Well, he probably kept the kids, I would say, for a couple years. And then once they hit, like, once they flowered. It's actually pretty dark. Yeah, this is pretty dark. Yeah, I I think once they they were all kids. That's what made it more fucked up to me. I think it might be. Like, I don't know. I can't tell. Fingers crossed. yeah, because he figures. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Brandon, calm down. <laughs> did you guys have any like process when you were exploring though, and you came across a torture chamber? Oh, I thought you were going to say, did we have a favorite skeleton? Yes, <laughs> it was the one that was did tied you, up on the rope. <laughs> did you have a favorite skeleton? The most fucked up one was the. I mean, they were all like positioned, and they were all in sex positions. <laughs> they were. <laughs> um. It's a video game. We can laugh about that. Um, but wow, when I yeah, they were home. all in sex position. Was one in doggy style? I'm pretty sure one yeah. was in doggy style, right? Or, the or, skeleton was in a doggy style. Yeah. <laughs> it's a make it to the, let, let's get to the let's get to the uh, the epilogue here. So we eventually get to the epilogue. You have your final you confrontation. I did bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> you have your final confrontation with the Easter Ripper. And you find out that it's gay. No, I'm sorry. You find out that it's Tom, the cameraman, the whole time. And Tom was the Easter Ripper. I forgot his name. I think it's Anthony something. Anthony. You, uh, you <clears throat> find out that he's his brother, and Anthony took the rap for him. And Tom's been on the loose this whole time, still killing people. Um, well, oh, I, I thought I thought that Tom was suppressing his urge to kill that entire time. Oh, he might have been actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. About that, actually. And then once they were, like, smearing 
his name, his brother's name. Yeah. That's when he kind of, I guess, snapped. Yeah, you're right about that, actually. Did anyone uh, see that coming? Because he's the only kill that you see off camera. I was wondering, because they, they didn't show Tom for a while, mm -hmm. so I was wondering where he was at. But like at the same time, I was kind of just going through the motions of the game yeah. and kind of forgot yeah. about him, if I'm being honest. And then he popped back up, and I was like, oh, stop. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I thought that uh, that whole epilogue thing was pretty cool. Um, I thought that the uh, last boss was in puppet combo fashion, quick, not too hard, but you got to keep your distance, you know? Like, it, it was easy to get killed, but it was also, you just had to do it right. Yeah. Um, did you guys find the shotgun at the end? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And um, it made the boss fight, like, super easy. Like, it was just, like, what, three pumps, and, he, and he's dead? Mm. Or maybe, like, I, no, I think it was, I think it was more. It was probably, like, four shotgun shells and, like, a mag Two. of, um, like, a, like, a pistol mag. That's yeah. what I used to, to kill him. But it was pretty easy. Um, the second time, because I did die the first, uh, I didn't really keep my distance, and he got me. He got me. I died the, uh, the first time, too. <laughs> yeah. You know, Did I, you guys? <clears throat> I was just going to say, ahead. compared to the boss fight in Bloodwash, I think uh, it's more dynamic. The Easter Ripper is more difficult, but mm. the Womb Ripper is a lot more scary because that motherfucker just runs out of nowhere, and he's fast. <laughs> he's very he's fast. Like the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the Flash trying to get you, and. If you don't find like a good corner or like like I did, yep. then like I don't I don't even know what I would have done. Wait, wasn't the womb ripper a girl? Yeah, it was a girl. Yeah. yeah, we beat the Easter Ripper. We figure out that it's just a film being made the whole time. Wait, the, you zombies, got, the zombies? You got little zombie kids. You got zombie Justin that was in the prologue <laughs> coming back from uh, the dead to kill the Easter Ripper. Uh, I thought that was really really cool. Um, did you guys explore the house at the end or all? Um, or did you kind of just kind of turn it off? Because <laughs> the first time I turned it off, I didn't yeah. explore the house. But I was overwhelmed, so I stopped. Yeah. I let when I beat a game, uh, I let the credits roll and yeah, just like I want to see the title screen. Sure, that's that's my end goal is the title screen. Um, so getting placed again, um, I didn't really know if i was scared or not to go back in the house i mean it is like kind of a a wrench being thrown at you to go back in the house and uh like find your keys to go to the um to go to the car and and leave but um i thought it was uh interesting it was interesting yeah if you explore the uh trailers uh you kind of get more of like um and inside of the characters and stuff like if yeah. you go into the trailer that's by the like the greenhouse you find gary the manager and he's like sprawled out on the bed he's like oh i can't move i ate all three of the pizzas and like if you go to the front trailer you find dana the reporter i forget her real I, kelsey i think um but she's auditioning for another movie mm -hmm. and you go like you read the script with her and stuff it's it, it's kind of interesting but you could explore a little bit at the end um there is one particular guy I forgot his damn name and I should have wrote it down. If you go back into the torture chamber, you find this dude. I'll send the picture in the Discord right now. And he pops out of nowhere and it's a jump scare. 
And he goes, so did you like my skeletons? <laughs> and he's he's responsible for setting up all the skeletons in the basement for the prop shoot and stuff, um, which I thought was hilarious. I actually changed my uh, profile picture on Steam to that guy because he looks hilarious. Um, Doesn't one of the uh, the Easter Ripper costumes go missing? In Ronald's his name. Um, I don't know, actually. I don't know. I'm checking out this uh, photo you got here. <laughs> Zooming on him, dude. He's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That looks like fucking PewDiePie. It kind of does, actually. But you like um, I like how skeletons is capitalized, too. Dude, the way he says it is super creep. Overall, though, Murder House, banger, in my opinion. We'll go ahead and rate it. Um, before we do, though, I want to ask, since we've kind of covered two puppet combo proper games, uh, where does this stand between this and Bloodwash? Do you like Bloodwash more? Let's have a quick conversation on that before we take our thick piss break. Okay. Uh, I like Bloodwash more than Murder House, by Why? far. Why? A lot more things to do. Um, even when you have beaten the game and realize what you've done, I feel like there's just a lot more stuff to do, reading the comics, doing the two, um, mini games. Um, I liked the characters more. Um, I liked the little things like the calling the sex hotline and, and, uh, blood washed, um, and the story. I think I just liked blood wash a lot more. I think this, I would have to say it's a slim margin, but I do like Bloodwash better and kind of for everything that Ian said, but also you don't have to dig as deep, I think, to find the story of Bloodwash that you have to do for Murder House. But that's okay because even though I, again, I'm not good at these types of games, I it, Murder House is enjoyable enough for me to want to go back after i lost an hour of time because i didn't save and i'm okay with with redoing it because at least now i know the steps and it's a little bit easier you know murder house is definitely more of a traditional 90s horror game and i think it'll always hold a special place in my heart because it's the first puppet combo game i played but i have to give it to bloodwash as well i think bloodwash like it's a game I actually got lost in, like exploring the plaza and finding things to do and reading the comics and talking to people. Like I was way more engulfed in that world than I was in Murder House. I felt like Murder House was more of like a story being told to me and Bloodwash was like me living through the experience, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I know it seems very dramatic, but I I liked Bloodwash uh, more personally. But Murder House is is always going to be my first puppet combo game, and I think it's more of a mystery. And there's more of an overall mystery in uh, Bloodwash because you don't know anything about the the killer. You don't know uh, like the person who came on the bus. What's the deal with him? <laughs> and then the person in the uh, bathroom. It's 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 all a mystery. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's get into our. Uh, I think we can get into a little bit of final thoughts, but I kind of just did myself so i'll go first i'm going to give this game so we rate out of a five point scale um i love the game murder house is amazing uh puppet combo please let me be a voice actor in one of your games and please make a physical copy so i could buy it 
But that being said, um, I'm going to give Murder House a five stars out of five. Um, Ian, talk to me. Well, um, I didn't mention my favorite part of the game, which was the hallucinations. Um, oh, the whole sp- spider, the spider bunny. Yeah, the spider bunny coming at you. I was completely lost, and then I, I realized it was a hallucination. I was like, whoa, that was really dope. And the same thing in the bathroom. I believe there's like a like short little thing. You go into the bathroom, and it's like super bloody, and there's blood in the bathroom, and then, and then it just like clears out. Um, or maybe it's, it's one of the rooms, but um, super awesome. And yeah, she has like a, a premonition of like everyone's dead, and then she tells everyone. That was super cool. Um, overall, uh, it's a solid game. I would play it again just like any of these puppet combo games uh i super easy to play um uh, especially if you're like gonna show friends or like stream it um very solid i do still like it i will give it a heart and i will give it a 3.5 oh and i forgot to say uh i didn't give it a heart but that's obvious i think yeah, yeah i was gonna say that goes without saying, yeah. <laughs> goes without saying. it's a five um, but no heart for me <laughs> <laughs> all right brandon talk to me uh very fun game great develop uh a great group of developers over there at the puppet combos um everything that they do i know i'm going to enjoy and it's kind of like you kyle it's a company that i'm happy to give my money to because they're doing something different and they're spawning a lot of imitators and the imitators are nowhere near as good that's as a good they point are. that i did not bring up yeah, I actually I had a whole that are definitely imitating these guys. Yeah, I, I had a whole thing that I wanted to say about it, but we got lost in other conversation, which is fine. I, I think I said earlier I would buy a physical copy of it. I want to buy kind of like we talked about for Bloodwash. I want to buy the books that go along with this series. Mm-hmm. That would be fun to get some more background information. I will give it obviously a heart. I don't remember what I gave Bloodwash. So if I give this more than Bloodwash, I, I don't care. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to give it a 4.5. Cool. I think we all gave Bloodwash a 4. A 4, yeah. Mm. So that leaves us with a Ruminations of Red Room official score of 4.3 repeating, which will bump it up to a 4.5 with a heart. Congratulations, Bob Combo. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. While we hear an ad from the Ruminations Radio Network, we'll be right back. Oh, God, it hurts. What's wrong, buddy? Nothing. That's the name of our podcast. Do you think anyone will know it's a reference to what some random SWAT team member said in that one scene in Terminator 2 after getting nailed in the back with a gas canister? Probably not, but they will get a regular dose of two lifelong gamer buddies on either side of the Pacific Ocean, delivering their view of video games with a retro emphasis every other week. That's cool. Welcome back to Ruminations of Red Room, the horror podcast of the Ruminations Radio Network. We hope you enjoyed that ad from our sponsor. We don't have sponsors. I hope you got to drain your balls because that's where the piss is stored. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And now it's time for the world's favorite game. What's in the box? The game where I read a film description to my contestants from Letterboxd. They have to then guess what the film is rated on a five-point scale. 
if they get that correct, they move on to round two where they guess the decade the film was made. And if they guess that, uh, they get a second point. God, we got to write a description for this. <laughs> Gentlemen, are you ready? Go check out Letterboxd, by the way. So you could follow along, play the game with us, so you know how the 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 point system works. And if they guess, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention. If they guess within point, <laughs> if they guess within point three, they get the point. Point three. Uh, okay, so we're just gonna get right into it. Number one. Number. See whatever. A gray robber eyes the riches of a wealthy. <laughs> I can't get past that. Sorry, that was so quick. That's a very quick see, whatever. A grave robber eyes the riches of a wealthy new arrival to the cemetery, but must survive a maze of tunnels and an army of road. Oh, wait, that's the wrong one. We're going to move to two. At a party, someone goes insane and murders three women. Falsely accused of the brutal killings, Jerry is on the run. More bizarre homicides continue with alarming frequency all over town. Trying to clear his name, Jerry discovers the shocking truth. People are losing their hair and turning into violent psychopaths. And the connection may be some LSD all maybe some LSD all the murders took a decade before. Uh this sounds amazing. What? Uh I'm gonna all give this LSD. I'm gonna give this 80s film a three point one. Three point oh, three point oh. Three straight. I don't even know what to think right now. Um, this seems like a two point eight. So we got two point eight, and I said a three point oh. I said this eighties film is gotcha. a three point oh. <laughs> no, he so, said eight point eight. <laughs> Brendan gets the points. It is in fact three point two. <laughs> Brendan, you're going with 80s on this one? Uh, yeah. It's obviously 80s. 80s. That is incorrect. It is the 1977 film Blue Sunshine, directed by Jeff Lieberman. He's done other things. That name sounds familiar. He has done other things. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Time is an illusion. So two New Orleans paramedics lives are ripped apart after encountering a series of horrific deaths linked to a designer drug with bizarre otherworldly effects. This sounds so familiar. I think I know what it is. Um, then do you want me to go, do you want me to go first then? Since no, because I'm, oh, I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. <clears throat> or am I? <laughs> it is a 3.2. Fuck, that's exactly what I was going to say. Well, price is right, you 3.3. You guys are both correct. It is sitting at a 3.0. Guess the decade. 80s. And this is a... That's a safe bet. Total odd... No, I think it's total oddball, because... Who was making New Orleans films back in the 80s? I feel like that's an early 2000s kind of thing. Skeleton Key. You got... Um, uh, Hatchet. Hatchet. Dang, yeah. uh, this is a train of thought here. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. 
I since you said eighties, I'll go nineties. But I think it's eighties. You both are incorrect. It is the 2019 film Synchronic, directed by Aaron uh, Moorhead and Justin Benson. Their new movie, Something in the Dirt, is fantastic. That puts us at Brendan 2, Ian 1, the final movie. Here we go. Every bloodline has a beginning. Oh. Vlad Tepes is a great hero, but when he learns the Sultan is preparing for battle and needs to form an army of 1,000 boys, he vows to find a way to protect his family. Vlad turns to dark forces in order to get the power to destroy his enemies and agrees to go from hero to monster as he turns into a myth, a mythological vampire, Dracula. So Brendan knows this one. I do not. You don't? I do. Okay. I, uh, this sounds bonkers. This is like an Eastern movie for sure. It has to be. Like Russia, maybe Japan. Um, is that the plot of Nightwatch? No, Nightwatch is... Nightwatch? The one with uh, Ben that, Stiller? No, that the German film? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I think it's German. No, it's that's not the plot. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go... I'll just tell you right now, it's not Three, Nightwatch. 3.1. <laughs> 3.1. Oh, I said 3.3. Sorry. I'm keeping it safe. <laughs> no, I'm not. 3.1 and 3.3. 3. Mm-hmm. You both are incorrect. It is sitting at a 2.5. Okay. We'll go ahead and go to decade just so we can get some points on the board. Guess the decade. Uh, 2010s. I'm going to say 80s on this one. It is the 2014 film directed by Gary Shore, Dracula Untold. Never heard of it. I mean, I didn't get to guess the the year, but uh, I will take the point. I guess we're tied, Brennan. It is tied, so we're going to go ahead and get into one more. I just thought about that. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Ian. Sorry, Ian. Sorry, Ian. Sorry. Let's see. Hold on. Hold on. We can finish on a tie. That's fine. No, we're not. Number. Number. Four. When nature turns. When nature turns evil. True terror awaits. A grieving couple retreats to their cabin Eden in the woods, hoping to repair their broken hearts and troubled marriage. But nature takes its course and things go from bad to worse. Hmm. You bastard. Mm. I know what you're doing. You bastard. No, I'm going to let you go first on this one. What? Hmm? Do you know it? I, I I know exactly what movie it is. I just don't know what it's rated. Oh. <laughs> don't look it up. Don't look it up. Tell me what it is. Say, say the title. The title is Yamam. Oh. I'm sorry. No, this is a pro mom podcast. I I apologize. That was this is pro mom. That was completely. <laughs> that was completely rude. Yeah, especially on Easter. We are recording this on Easter. 
Wait, is it really Easter? Wait, what? <laughs> just, just roll with it. Is it? Okay. Um, okay. Guess the, guess the rating. <laughs> uh, we could have recorded this in t- 2012, for all they know. Um, <coughs> this game, okay. I'm going to go 3.2. Brennan? 3. I thought I knew it. 3.5. You guys are both correct. It is sitting at a 3.4. Guess the decade. Go ahead, Ian. Guess the decade. <laughs> this guy really wants the win. <laughs> Goddamn um, right I do. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Can the first <clears throat> sentence again, please? Absolutely. No, last sentence. Last sentence. Absolutely. But nature takes its course and things go from bad to worse. Okay, that didn't help me whatsoever. A grieving couple retreats to their cabin, Eden, in the woods, hoping to repair their broken hearts and troubled marriage. Could be a campy kind of movie. Seems like it could be, like, 2019, though. Um... Oh, wait, I hope you didn't see me shaking my head there. Gonna go 2020s. Is that your, is that your guess? Yeah. This is 2009's Antichrist. Brennan takes this wow. round. Uh, so that puts us year to date at Kyle 6, Brendan 10, Ian 8. This has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the Easter Ripper of the Ruminations Radio Network. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it's of Red Rum. That's OF Red Rum. You could also join our Discord, hang out with us, hang out with the horror community. We've had a lot of people join lately. You could join the Discord. Uh, the link is in our Twitter bio. Please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to your podcast. It definitely helps us out, as you've heard from every other podcast that mentions it. They're telling the truth. I could, I, I could vouch. Um, I've been your host, Kyle with a K. And joining me today, we have Ian with Please, baby, Don't forget it. Um, Michael was definitely the director for this game. Like director, <laughs> actor in the game. I feel like that's his persona. Or one of them. Maybe, he, maybe he's schizo. And that's okay. And, that's and that okay. is okay if yeah, you're that, schizophrenic. That's, that's okay. We still love him. We still love so, Michael. The lore continues to build for Michael. Is he schizo? Or is oh, he just a piece of shit drunk? Or is he just a f- <laughs> piece of shit? <laughs> also joining us, we have Mr. Fantastic himself, the stretchy boy, always returning. Brennan Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yes, I would, I would hyphenate. I think I've said that before. I would hyphenate. Uh, Go by, and by God's hand, you shall die, and Melonhead Mayhem, both great interviews that we have on here. Go check them out. Uh, what do I say? Uh, Hail Ratma, and something else that I forget. Stay spooky, folks. <laughs> <laughs>